Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome, 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 and happy Martin Luther King Day. This is Ken Rashawn on Voice America Influencer Channel, and we have a great show ahead of us. Uh, we might be having, I hope it happens, Dr. Obama, but we're, we have a call out to Cuba Gooding Jr. to see if he can join us for this show. I mean, this Bring is- Bring it on. Let's see if he makes it on. We need we, we need a few good men, some men of honor, and we need Cookie in here to get his 12 steps right on this thing. <laughs> yes, indeed. So um, we'll, we'll do a little shout out to our sponsors. And by the way, when I, I was being very facetious when I said in sunny California, it has been rainy- <laughs> really mean rain, like the cold, cold, fast, hard rain that causes mudslides. <laughs> and please pray that I get back to, uh, I guess, predictable freezing weather in Maryland. <laughs> like, this, well, you this, you can keep that one, brother. You can keep that. I'm going to stay right here warm in Mexico. <laughs> I, I, I want you to stay warm, but I would tell you, I'd rather be cold and dry than this stuff. This is not fun. This is not fun yeah. And, and, you know, Michelle Mraz likes it when I wear my Popsicle uh, sweatshirt, and I've gotten my use out of that, and I got to drench it every day. It's <laughs> I love Michelle. She likes anything that's entertaining, so oh, that's probably definitely. what it is. She just wants to see you, you know, entertain her. So I, I love her spirit. She's such a child at heart, just like myself. So that that's awesome, man. I miss her. Well, we're going to we're going to do something about that because we have the Amplifluence Tour going around the United States. So I want to say thank you to our sponsors who happen to be. Hey, can we give a shout out to your you as a sponsor, Underdog Millionaire? Bring it on. I mean, you know what? I, I It's funny. When people do sponsorship at, for uh-huh. a show, they should always include their guest company mm. because it's, it's a no-brainer. You are giving your time, your wisdom, your heart. And right. a little shout out that you're the sponsor of the show today. God bless you for show, uh, being Thank you, brother. Show. Appreciate you. That's a writer so downer. For those, for those who aren't taking notes, you should start. That's a writer downer. Right. Oh, gratitude everywhere for those who are, are, are serving in every capacity. Appreciate you, man. Love you, brother. And by the way, gratitude to uh, you heard Matt. <clears throat> he said, are you ah. recording, are you recording this? Right. Yeah. I- I'll tell you, I, I I have like the dumb switch on when we start the show. Like halfway in the show, I go, I need to be recording this. I mean, that's not good. <laughs> that's not the dumb switch. That's the fun switch. Sometimes fun puts everything else out the window, and then you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot to do that. I got to do that. We're having a good thing. Hold on. Let me stop doing from this water slide and just come off and go do the regular stuff now. Well, actually, a writer downer is that uh, Dr. Mraz said, and I did not do this. I mean, this week was supposed to be my week. I was whiteboarding and I was doing uh-huh. stuff. And uh, there's obviously a switch you do with Zoom that automatically records every time instead of automatically doesn't record. Right. So, so if I add the automatic record, I might have to shut it off like 90% of the time, but at least, right. at least it'll record everything. You should... Oh man. I love it. I love All it. All right. So Matt, much love to you. for asking. <laughs> And then we have Am- obviously cares just like you do about leadership, about speakers, about people with a positive message, about people stepping into what I call the Gandhi effect. The Gandhi effect is instead of watching other people be the power one, change the world, you actually assume that. Wonderful you honor. are. Love you it. Assume the honor. You know, it's, it's amazing that the bystander effect actually exists. If there's too many people, you step back mm. and it causes all people to be powerless. But the, what you're doing, <laughs> Dr. Obama, 
is that you're you're causing people to step into their power. And that's one of the yeah. things we're going to talk about in the show. I, I've heard your story. I loved when you were at BLN. Uh, J.R. Spear is a very instrumental friend of ours. That he is. That's that's course. my guy, Ken. That's my guy. Well, he was your guy before well, he was my guy, but you know, it's our guy. <laughs> I think he's our guy because uh, he he has been my friend through uh, USC, which is the Ultimate Spirit Competition. Uh, right. Simon. And I never forget my connections because when you forget your connections, you absolutely that's, right? that's a right guy. Yeah, forgetting connections is it's like losing your roots to the tree. I mean, eventually you'll fall apart. You got mm -hmm. nothing to stand on, no one to really connect back to. So it's it's powerful to get to stay rooted to the powerful connections. And JR is definitely one of those individuals. So it, it says something about both of us to being connected to such a cool dude. Yeah, and and we'll throw another uh, shout out of gratitude to our brother uh, Jose Escobar. Right on with PLA because he added the cement to those connections. And, yes. you know, I'm doing the I'm doing the 100 day limitless or limitless. It's limitless. It's I limitless. saw that. I'm, I'm so proud of you, brother. Congratulations, man. You you know, you, you fired Justin Timberlake bringing sexy back yourself. I'm, I love it. Good stuff, man. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you what, if, if I if I can make it through this 100 days, I'm looking forward to the result it is it is a lot to put 100 days into a busy schedule. And by the way, busy ah. is bullshit. Busy. I don't curse very much in the, but the writer downer is anytime you use the word busy, you probably are using it in a BS or baloney way because yeah. busy is, I don't know my priorities. Yeah. I mean, busy being ineffective, but you know, the cool thing is you only started because you know, you can finish. So, you know, you, you, you can't, you can't tell me anything different. You know, it, it's crazy talking about shows like keep her settling in, in, in the show 24. Right. My wife and I watched that for a while. And after like the by the time we got to the second season, I realized all the areas in my life for business that I was really playing small and mm -hmm. really just being busy to realize that even though we know it takes longer, but they show you what could be done in an hour period or a 24 hour period. If you really just get focused on doing what you need to do and that more than anything else changed business for me because all my hours are productive. It, it, it's one of the, the reasons I created my four quadrants. And how my work quadrant is used so effectively instead of just being busy. Well, we're going to go into that uh, in depth in the second segment. So thank you for the the uh, the teaser because you no, know sometimes, oh yeah, <laughs> so sometimes people are like, they're sitting, they're giving me so much in this first segment. My brain's getting right. to a second segment. But when you just do right. that, that's a little hook. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's very important. And we have uh, we have of course good old MLK Day, Martin Luther King Day. Yes. I, I think the the statue of him in uh, D.C. is is mammoth, is so powerful. And, you know, it, it gave me an idea today, Dr. Obama. Mm. I have this book coming out. I know you're going to be helping me a little bit with it, but I, right I, on. I sometimes ask people if they're if they've ever heard of Black History Month and they, they laugh. OK, but the reason right. I ask them is because it should be a year. Mm. And. I have a person every day and it's funny, but we need to get, we need to get together just for that lovely photo. Cause you had your little scruff on in, in uh, New York when we were at the, uh, yes. the Jumbotron. So we, well, we, I got some good news for you. Ken. Yeah. I got some good news for you. So we just had, um, what's her name? Yeah. So we just took a photo. She should have sent it to you. You're a photographer. It came out to the event there in, uh, that I attended with Emilio. We just took oh, a yeah, yeah. photo. Yeah. I was in my shirt and I was clean shaven. So you have a beautiful photo sent over. I said, make sure Ken gets it. She's like, yeah, it's going to go. I said, well, make sure he gets it. So we already took one. I'm ahead of you on that one, brother. Am I allowed to say your birthday on the air? 
You sure can. Okay, but I'm I'm going to memory. It's December twelfth. Is that correct? December twelfth, twelve twelve. Twelve twelve. That's why I remember because twelve is my favorite number. And when I met you, I was like, okay, I got I got double good there. Double good. <laughs> well, well, it's also uh, I'm so, the twelfth son, and I was married on December twelfth. So there you go. I'm doing it all for you, brother. Oh man, you're doing it for all of us. I mean, I mean, because <laughs> when you do something that you believe will make you more powerful, you're doing it for the world, not just yourself. Absolutely. That's the thing that people think of. when they're giving themselves smiles and being happy, they're actually giving the world. I mean, it's it's projection. But I want to tell you what happened this morning when I was thinking about this book. Uh huh. And I've done, believe it or not, eight books called uh, Keep Smiling, BWI edition, and BWI stands for Black Women Influencers, okay? And okay. In in those books, um, a woman named Barbara Palmer really awakened me that the reason they're inspired is because of civil rights leaders, women civil rights leaders, that inspired them. Mm. And so I started adding That's those powerful. leaders. <clears throat> well, this morning I thought about you, I thought about MLK, and I thought about uh, Barbara Palmer, and I said, in the back of this book, we need to put the heroes that inspire leadership for their race. Mm. Well, thanks for thinking of me about that. I, I, I feel honored being thoughtful, being thought of in that space, man. Appreciate you. Well, you're Absolutely. here for all humanity, but uh, if if there was a child that resembles uh, the color of your skin, they can relate to the fact that you can take them somewhere or they, right. they can get somewhere because you got somewhere. And that is, that's an important aspect. Absolutely. So um, I'm always excited to meet a, a leader, period. That inspires. That's that's my cup of tea. And you're going to be in this book. You know, the template that I gave you, if you can get it to me by the end of the month, you have the photo from Ann Ludington. Right. And she's yes. such a, a dear friend. But do you know, do you know who's going to be in the sixth volume? Who? It's a big Rudy Rudiger from the movie. Rudy. No way. <laughs> I love it. That is awesome, yeah. man. I, I, I must Morales have watched the movie like 15 times. I did it. I did it. You know, it's funny, but uh, he says that they have counts, clicks of 20 and 30. And you think about it, every year if you want to be inspired, you go to the two most inspiring movies of all times. Athletic wise, you're going to say, I need Rudy. I need another Rudy. And I'm to right. because I have my, my gift as well. My audience. But I had a lunch with him and I said, you know, what did it feel like to have the movie? How, how hard was it to get to Notre Dame? Was it accurate in the movie? And he says, there's one thing that was 10 times harder than getting on that field for the last down, the last game of the last. He, <laughs> he said, it was the 10 years it took the fact that that was a movie. Wow. I couldn't sell it. I mean, think about wow. that. You're talking about two minutes, two minutes of life. But he, he told me why that movie was, and this kind of relates a little bit to Martin Luther King. He told me why that movie Recording stopped. Do we lost Ken? I think his his. Yeah, I think recording his, his in progress. Yeah. Oh, good. The recording is still in progress. I guess we have to glue them together. Something happened. There. Yes. That was weird. Um, yeah, so I think Rudy, your, your Wi-Fi might be unstable a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Is I got bars, so it's the best we're gonna do. So Rudy said that the reason it favored uh, being the second most inspiring movie is the amount of struggle. Mm. And if you think about it. Any movie that has the amount of struggle. I mean, we talked about Cuba Gooding Jr. Right. What if not? You can relate to struggle because life is struggle. Life, life is a struggle. I mean, we all go through it, right? I was um, remember earlier this morning on my walk, I was reading uh, Michelle Obama's second book, talking about uh, well, listening, not reading, because that wouldn't. I'd be walking in the fences doing that. But I was listening to it, talking about you know her struggles. 
and the insurmountable struggle the entire world just went through with COVID and, you know, how that really shook her up, shook the nation up, shook the entire world up. And we all go through our, our, our little struggles, right? So, you know, I went through mine. We went through ours. You know, one of the reasons we're here is because we've triumphed over those. And sometimes those those little triumphs that we all have can be a beacon of hope to somebody else. Yes. And not only that, the struggle, um, it, it has actually the reward system is the equal to the struggle. Correct. Yeah. So I want to take a deep dive into who you are, because at this point, we Let's haven't even shared with the audience how how lucky I am to have you on the show. Oh, oh, let's do it. I'm, I'm all so, for it. I'm excited. Wow. I'm glad to be invited and I'm ready to share. Well, I'll tell you what, you can take anywhere from three minutes to about eight or nine minutes, because that's how much time we have to take it. I know you're a great storyteller. And the reason I say that I give you that latitude. Mm-hmm. And I don't really give that is because we've been really enjoying the conversation, but we haven't gotten to the meat. So, right. <laughs> so the meat, the meat of the matter is that anyone that is at a position where Dr. Obama is has chiseled, worked, invested, and been committed that no matter what, he will create a person he loves, a person he respects, and a person he will give as a gift to the world. So with that said, would you share where you're born, what your childhood was like, what your parents were like, and then we'll see how if I if I interrupt is because we're missing something that we need to add to the audience, okay? Absolutely. Well, thank you for that, Ken. And uh, you started where I should start. And that's at the beginning. But, you know, for those of who don't know me, my name is Obama, like Obama without the A. But um, as you can clearly see, I'm twice as good looking. Right. And that didn't that didn't happen overnight. It took time, about 40 some years of refinement to get here. But, you know, that all started in Guyana, South America. I was born in, in Jonestown which what uh, most folks heard the story, Jim Jones, don't drink the Kool-Aid. So obviously, you know, my parents didn't drink the Kool-Aid and I was born child number 13. So there's 12 boys, one girl, and being born as we discovered earlier on December 12th, being the 12th son, well, we'd already know things were destined for greatness. So I've always been picked on by my my brothers a lot. And, uh, you know, one day I figured out the perfect line for all of them. And I told them my parents was only trying to make one perfect kid. Right. So after 12 attempts, look who showed up. So there you have it, guys, before we jump into anything else. But, you know, being it never gets old, does it? Never gets old. No, no, it it, it doesn't. It really doesn't. (laughs) Um, You know, being born, you know, number 13, being picked on my parents, um, I wasn't they weren't wealthy. Um, my dad never had uh, an education at all. He never went to school because his dad, my grandfather, died when he was um, almost five years old. So he was working in like the gold mines and doing all kinds of odd odd and jobs his entire life. So all he's ever knew was um, work. And he never learned to read until he was like 40 years old. The only book, only thing he's ever read and still reads today is the Bible. Right. So he started learning at 40. He's 76. So, you know, he's been reading for a minute now, the same book over and over. So he's very strong in his faith. And that, that gives you a little bit of what, you know, where it comes from for, you know, for myself. He's always been rooted in discovering things. But, you know, in, in Guyana growing up or there, there was a time when, you know, my, my parents separated for the fact, simple fact of getting us to the United States, right? Immigrating us here. So my my mom and my oldest brother uh, left to come to the United States and the, the goal was to immigrate us all here. So my brother had joined the Navy, my mom was working 
And we call it for us, it was the NOAA project because the goal is to bring two by two by two by two until we all got over here. And the goal they, they had planned out, which sometimes in life and success, you know, we set out these goals and we see the straight line, but life throws all these mirrors of craziness inside of there. But as long as you keep pursuing, it'll happen. So I learned perseverance and persistence from my parents with just this itself. It took 11 years. So when my mom initially left, uh, you're on mute. <laughs> wait, wait a second. I got a question for you. Yeah. Perseverance and persistence. Mm -hmm. Distinction. So to persist means to continue doing what, let's say for a goal, the goal was to bring the family here. So they persistently showed up every single day. Everything they did was the intent of doing that. The perseverance was being able to do it in the face of adversity. Right. Because you can be persistent with anything. But when adversity shows up, you you don't have the mental fortitude, in a sense, or the physical ability sometimes to con to persevere through it all. Right. Well, um, through, yes. Yeah. One second. Uh, Obama. So I, I claim two things as my secret sauce for success. And I, mm. I use patience and persistence, but I have not mm. used the word. And that's an interesting extra blend. It's, yeah. it's the extra spice. It is. Yeah. So that, that patient is it, being patient enough to persevere. It's like you have to wait. And so when you use patient in the context I'm taking it, it's like, listen, I have to be here. That's the consistency, right? W without commitment, you'll never start. Without consistency, you'll never finish. So, you know, I, I learned those two lessons early on. And then I realized in my time in the military, which I'll get to, it was more so the discipline that I respected um, in, in my parents. So that took 11 years when it was originally supposed to be about three to four years for all of us. Um, and, you know, through that, that time, my, my parents were still persistent and they still persevered through all the heartaches and everything that happened in the midst of that. And, you know, for those who are wondering what, what really make it took so long. Well, I had brothers who came to the United States. It was a new country, new culture, new women. They, some of them got married and they got sidetracked by the original goal. These things happen, right? So that that took 11 years over when it needed to happen. And then, you know, I, I got uh, to the United States by the way of New York. So I grew up in Brooklyn, um, got into trouble many times, got kicked out and expelled from some of the, the worst high schools. There. Anyways, we're not going to go into that story. But long story short, I, I ended up down south in uh Georgia, where my mom ended up leaving to go with me because I was kicked out of every high school. And I spent my last year and a half. So you came in broken for a second. Hey, Bob, I wanted to say that that interject is it's you're telling the audience that you were a troublemaker and that you're a rebel because <laughs> uh, people that are troublemakers and rebels, that was a class clown. I, the, yeah, well, I was, I was putting it nicely. How many Ken. of them are, they're misdiagnosed. Yeah. Well, you were you were bored. Absolutely. Uh, it, it was crazy because I, naturally I wouldn't say naturally. I, I love studying because my my parents, especially my father, honored education very highly since he never went to school. And he always said, you know, we will have an education. He did everything he thought was right. So since he honored education, that must I studied a lot. So I was a very um, intellectual kid. And the street smarts came from being the youngest of, you know, 11 other models of brothers I saw made mistakes. And I learned from them. I was very observant. <laughs> so I had the brains and the street smarts. So I, I got into trouble a lot. 
And for some reason, I just couldn't keep my mouth shut when someone say something that wasn't right. So the injustice, you know, at a young age, I could, I, I didn't see well. So I conflicted with both teachers and, and students, got into a fight, got expelled from the last high school down, down South. And I, with all of that, I still graduated a year and a half early from, from high school. And I ended up joining the Marine Corps at 17. Right. So 17 years and six months old, I could I less than six months old. I couldn't sign for myself. My mother had to sign for me. So here's the piece. Okay, so, so why? Uh, why? Here's the deal. Why so legally. Right. Obviously, you have to be 18. I, at the time, I was living in the state of Mississippi because when I graduated from high school, one of my brothers was in the Air Force. And my mom went to Mississippi to spend time with him. So I, by default, I had to go. I was the youngest kid. So we went to visit her and in the state of Mississippi. And I think even globally, but at least I was in Mississippi then. You can't sign for yourself unless you're 17 years, six months and one day old. So you're like on the side of being 18 in a sense. So my mother had to sign for me. But to the day, she still didn't know she signed for me. Um, and how that happened <laughs> That's a bad kid. I'm telling you that. So uh, I I took the recruiting paper and I put a high school uh, like senior trip, even though I'd already graduated. My mom was still trying to figure out what was going on. I cut a hole in the paper, slid it under there and had her sign the high school permission slip, which was the recruiting paper. Um, and that sent me to boot camp. She didn't know I was off. She thought I ran away. And then when <laughs> finally, like the week before boot camp, I had my phone call before graduation. I had my phone call to call my, my mom. She thought I ran away. And then I told her, hey, I'm in Paris Island down in South Carolina going to boot camp. That's how she found out. So <laughs> that was a whole lot of ballgame with stories right there. Um, well, why did so you, why did you pick out. Marine? Why did you pick it, though? So for me, it was three things. One, I wanted to prove something. Number two, it was the fastest way to get my citizenship, and they were the best of the best of the best. So I figured, you know, why not go and be the best? And the cherry on top, kind of like the fourth, was I wanted to come back and be that person who was going to kick the crap out of my brothers, right? Because they all used to pick on me. And wouldn't you know it, when I graduated, no one wanted to mess with me. They thought I was crazy. I was so disappointed because I was really coming back to call their asses, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So uh, what, did, what did you learn from the military that you apply now? You know, uh, so I learned, I learned three things. I mean, learn a lot, but three of them really stuck with me. Number one are some of the lessons that was reinforced by my parents. But number one was was discipline. Uh, and I always say discipline is the bridge between success and failure, because, I mean, if you wake up on Failure Avenue trying to get to success street, you have to cross the bridge of discipline every single day. Right. And the discipline to even stay in the military, I thought I was just going to do four years, get my citizenship, peace out, posse, I'm good, and I ended up spending 20 years. What what I loved with discipline was I had the ability to accomplish anything I set my mind to, right? The second was the ability to actually persevere in, in, in the face of adversity, which was a reinforced lesson I, I kind of got from my parents. But I, I've had so many adversities. I've had, you know, broken ankles three separate times uh, while in the military, still having to go through stuff. I went to combat, got injured, because, got blown up three separate ankles. times. Because so the first time it happened, twice it happened in the, the same six-week period. The first time is I was attending the um, Marine Corps Black Belt uh, Martial Arts Instructor Trainer Program. 
right, to go and be basically a black belt uh, instructor trainer for the Marine Corps martial arts program across the Marine Corps and in, in my unit. So I we were doing uh, what's called standing to ground um, exercises, basically grappling, wrestling. I picked up a, a gentleman. He was huge to, to give him an epong, which is kind of like in uh, judo where you can slam him, one body slam, and you kind of win the match. Well, he was heavy enough and I, I got perfect technique but he was too heavy for my body kind of gave out so when i throw my leg flipped and he landed on my ankle so it broke it inward oh, right so we got about it, two minutes we got two minutes to get to a cliffhanger so i want you to get to a cliffhanger and then i'm going to bridge bridge us out and then we're going to come back absolutely so i i broke that ankle and in this uh training if you had missed more than three days of training then you were out Fortunately, that's how I know God's always been on my side. Fortunately for me, that weekend when I broke it, there was this big old storm that hit Virginia. And we were all shut down for like 10 days. You couldn't do anything. So I went to the hospital. They requested that I had at least seven days of rest, strapped my ankle up and all this other stuff. So I, I got the, the, the seven days plus three. We got 10 days. Everything was shut down. Training days were moved. Right. So I literally missed no days when it came to it because God gave me 10. I mean, if God's on your side, nobody can hold, hold you down. So we got back to training 10 days later. My foot strapped up. Things are going great. And we got on this now about. 10 days later, so 20 days after the whole incident, right? My The whole training, I strapped up my foot. I have an engineer stake inside my boot where I chisel down well and that's wrapped up. So I'm training on this thing because there was no way I'm going back to my unit not graduating. It's a big pride thing for Marines. Like you don't go to school and fail out of school for whatever reason, regardless, right? And then I had so much right. ego back then too. It's like, it just wouldn't matter. I'm, I'm, I'm like late. I think I was like 27, 28 at the time. So I'm full of adrenaline, testosterone, and ego. And you couldn't tell me I wasn't, you know, walking on water. I went to the pool and that was different. So we were doing this uh, confidence course, which is you know, what you see the guys do, like the, the, the courses where you jump over the beams, climb the ropes, do all the other crazy stuff, right? At the time you have to be certified in um, tear gas, uh, and um, pepper spray and all this other stuff. So in order to be certified, you got to go through it yourself. So we're going through with the pepper spray. They spray the stuff all over me. I got up on the bar. It's raining that day because it was still that kind of that weather, um, crazy weather season. I jump up on the bar. I go over. I'm doing what, what's called kind of like the college boy roll where you roll over. It's like the cool dude using the upper body strength rolled over the bar, about to jump down. I have a pack on my back with a weapon, right? So it's all simulating what you're doing in combat, how you fight through like this portion. So I get up on the bar, flipped over, I jump down and I'm ready to go. I'm like set. And then I can't move. Why can't I move? Hmm. Cause my ankle broke now the other side, right? So the bone broke this way the first time. Now it broke that way, the other way. And the only thing I could, could think of, it's like, there's no way another storm is not going to come. I'm not going to get another 10 days. So I strapped my, I took off the lace and strap that I had. I restrapped this thing really, really tight. Now here's two of the instructors coming at me with pole sticks, right? Cause when you stop there, you know, simulate that you cross the enemy perimeter and the enemy's coming at attacking you. Here comes the pickle sticks. First one jacked me right in the jaw. I fall down and instead of trying, I'm, I'm using the time to strap my ankle. <laughs> right? Hey, Obama, that's the cliffhanger. That's the cliffhanger. Perfect.
That's the cliffhanger. You did, you did perfect. So we're going to exit out of this first segment and come back to the second segment with the continuation of the story. Um, big thanks and love to Underdog Millionaire, Amplifluence, Perfect thank Publishing, you. the Keep Smiling Movement, AB. And uh, thank you very much, Obama, for sharing yourself, your story, your leadership, your inspiration, these great gold nuggets. We'll be back in about 30 seconds to actually two minutes for us to have the continuation of that story. Awesome. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy, and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, we are back for an exciting second segment. It's going to be a little faster pace because we got so much to still talk about. I mean, we need another. Yes, we do. <laughs> so, um, what I love about you, Doctor Obama, is that when you stay, when you're on stage, you're very conscious of the amount of time you have to speak, and you can go into jokes and tangents and family and values and priorities and entertainment and engagement, and all of a sudden, boom, lock in, and you do your five minutes <laughs> that you need to do. And you walk off the stage. So I know that you are conscious of the fact we have roughly 27 minutes. So we have a lot to do still. And uh, one of the things is to tell people how they can follow you. Absolutely. You know, one, one of the easiest ways, or two, because there's so many folks today on Instagram, the best way you can just find Dr. Obam Bowen or on Facebook, same thing, Dr. Obam Bowen, you can find me and um, you can connect there. 
Um, or you can go to theunderdogmillionaire.com. Either one of those, but social media is probably the fastest. And for those of you in Cancun, you can actually look for him there because that's where yeah, you, can, you can come find me at Nickelodeon. <laughs> so uh, I, I I was so excited to have you on the show that we just kind of just barreled into storytelling and, and just having fun like we're having coffee, right? And Absolutely. so we're on, a special, we're on a special day. This day means a lot to me. And um, Martin Luther King and anybody who is actually addressing something that my mom and I and my family are, are just very opposed to is that humanity is to be celebrated. The differences are to be celebrated. Cultures. Right. I don't think, I think almost every meal I have is from another culture. I mean, that's how much mm. other cultures. Right. I mean, I've been at this Marriott courtyard and I've had four meals of, of ramen and Thai. I mean, that, right. that that's my diet right now. Right. <laughs> so what is, who is Martin Luther King? What does this day mean to you? You know, um, first of all, that, that, that's a powerful question. Um, and so, it's so many ways to answer it, but you know the the best way to answer it is how I first learned about Martin Luther King, right? Coming here to, well, not here, but coming to the United States. So I never really experienced racism before the before the United States, and I remember walking into my first high school, say first, because you know I went through a bunch of them, and I got into the cafeteria, and there was you know kids were they just. To me, they were kids because I'm coming in, you know, just a group of Mexican kids, white kids, black kids, it all. It's New York. It's it's an amalgamation of just ethnicities. I walked into the to the um, cafeteria and then the white kids that were sitting right there was like, hey, what's up, nigger? And I was like, oh, hey, how you guys doing? I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. So um, I just kind of went on my trolley old way. And so when I got home that day, my brothers, my older brothers, they asked, hey, how was your first day at school kind of thing? And I told them, oh, yeah, you know, these guys and what they said. And the moment I said it, you know, my brothers were like, wait, what? So they got ticked off right away. And I'm like, OK, what's going on? So then they sat me down in front of a few tapes and stuff with Martin Luther King and what's going on in the country and what's in it. So be, besides the culture shock, it was being able to find out, okay, so all these injustices and things that was going on, there was someone speaking up about it who had been, you know, killed for his beliefs. And I, I you know, the third thing you'd ask what I learned in the military was conviction, right? You you really, whatever you're focused on, you're convicted. And here was a person that was convicted. You look at any person in history that really left an imprint, they had a conviction. And a conviction is an injustice. It's something that, for lack of a better word, that pisses you off about anything in life. Like Moses had a conviction, right? It was the same thing in, in justice. And even though he stuttered, that's why he had Aaron to go and, and help him. He, you know, in front of Pharaoh, he was there stuttering, telling let my people go. But it doesn't matter. He, he spent the rest of his life fervoring through that conviction we, we spoke about gandhi earlier he had a conviction about us being able to bring out the best in each other and listen if you can't see it and somebody's going to do it then you have to do it yourself right so you he, his mm -hmm. conviction was really a message on responsibility how responsible will you be and and stop blaming other people so for me martin luther king day or the, his entire life meant you know it means that you know someone was willing to stand for his conviction it was the same thing with nelson mandela and other folks that he had a conviction as an attorney he went to prison for it he came out on monday and tuesday was the president well that's because he persevered through that whole thing and they all had the discipline to really you know lead others by first leading themselves 
So, you know, for me, it's, you know, someone was willing to go the distance. I remember um, Martin Luther King had a talk that he did, and it's just the same as like um, Paul from the Bible and so many others who said, he said, listen, I fought the good fight. Doesn't matter what they are going to do. Like, I already know my days are numbered, but I will mm. continue my mission. So it's, you know, my mission now is bringing so much of a change to the world through the mental um, blocks that we have. And and last piece is, you know, like uh, Rosa Parks said, I freed 2,000 slaves, but I would have freed 2,000 more if they knew they were slaves. So part of mine is really unlocking the mental hooks that are holding a lot of folks back. And that, that's my conviction is how do you change the world? You have to change it one mind at a time. Indeed. Uh, you and I had a private conversation. I don't want to go into a tangent because we have such a valuable time left. But you right. remember I told you that I was outside the United States for 12 years in Illinois. You did. And you did. they call me a Hitler-loving Hitler right. N. And I, could not, <laughs> I still can't wrap my head around that. But discrimination did not uh, occur in other countries because Americans were Americans. Right. Americans mm. were Americans in countries. And we, we see each other, uh, a common bond. We, we have a country that phenomenal freedom. Yet you come back to the country and there are people that are ignorant. And exactly. ignorance is is only the fact they've been brought up wrong. Yeah. That's all ignorance yeah. is. Yeah. You look at bad really programming. bad programming. Bad programming indeed, right? You look at really like ignorance. The smartest people in the world are ignorant. Um and, and here's why. Because ignorance is really having information and not using it. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's all it is. We we know better, we just don't do better. Right. And, and the other thing about uh, people that are not smart and think they have all the answers, they yeah. have more to learn. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we, it's such a canvassing piece. So we had two broken ankles and uh, we got to wrap that story because there really is a lot to talk about with your books and obviously the rapid fire and your purpose and your mission. So divide that out. We got about three seconds and a half for each story <laughs> bring it on let's go right, all right so, let's, let's wrap that let's wrap that two ankle because everyone's been hanging on for the third ankle go ahead gotcha so you can you can get off the cliff right now to understand that you know i, I pretty much ended up in the fetal position getting the crap stump out of me and kick and all and they think I'm, I'm 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 in the fetal and i'm guarding but i'm really was down there trying to tie the stuff tight on my ankle to be able to get back up because that happened the the course itself was about almost quarter of a mile long so mm -hmm. that happened within the first like 150 feet so there's still a long way to go it's still raining i still had to go through and run through them you know pepper spray me and blasting and all this other stuff that'll all the things that could possibly happen to you so then i get the crap kicked out of me i finally tied everything off and strap it up my, my foot just looked jacked up now i was so full of adrenaline that i didn't under i didn't realize what happened i just thought that you know it, my foot was my ankle was broken before it felt right bad because i landed on it and i was literally trying that was the left ankle by the way i was trying to land on the right but because it was wet i slipped and that's why i kind of landed on, on both and messed up the left one so i'm hobbling through and the only thing i saw was ending because at the end of that we only had three days left before graduation so if if i failed that entire event i would have failed out the course regardless because everything we spent it was a five-week course everything you did mulled up to that last event yep. right so I'm, I'm get up i'm hobbling and i don't really know it's broken i just know it's hurting really bad i was like listen i gotta persevere through they're gonna kick the crap out of me doesn't matter and 
I'm already setting the pace because we had teams. I'm already setting the pace for my team. So I was more concerned in getting my feet good and keeping up the pace with the team so I could win for the team. So we kind of place and that all helped with your academic score, all this other stuff of graduating. So all this stuff is going through my head. I'm distracted by that instead of the pain that I'm feeling. <laughs> the adrenaline is in my body. I'm shaking and I'm just thinking like, oh, I'm just going to get through this. And, you know, I did get through it and all of it that happened when I got there and took my shoes off. My left ankle swole up. Like, I mean, it was just, it was huge. It just like ballooned. A, like, like an elephant. Like an elephant. Hey, it just, just ballooned out. Yeah, <laughs> I got I have to interject. I've been biting my tongue. I got to interject. So I was a five jump chump. My first uh -huh. first jump, I landed in a quarry. My ankle goes like that. I mean, just, Ouch. and when I took, when I took my boot off, it was like this big, it, it swelled up. And you know uh -huh. how you put laces on your boots and it goes around twice? I yeah. couldn't get up the fourth uh, eyelet would not even go. And so all my guys were covering my duty. My point is, I related when you said that you wanted to land on your other foot. I didn't yeah. want to land on that foot for anything on my next four jumps. So I would get, right. I, I got the tailbone. I got two concussions. I mean, I was not touching that foot. <laughs> for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead, man. I, I had to share that, that I relate more, more than you can believe on that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that's crazy, man. So, you know, it it's it all up here. Here I am. It got done. My face is like literally feels like they took like a metal scraper and scraped my face because it was raining and the pepper spray and all that stuff, it's all down your body. It's going down and butt crack. Right. Everything is lit up. Right. And all that is burning and, and going through. And it, it just kind of balanced off the pain I was feeling uh, in a sense of my ankle. That's like, it's, it's like a major pain. Yeah. Major, like, yeah. Want me to yeah, give you something to take your mind off that pain? <laughs> 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 was that was the interjection like a, of interjections i mean come on now right it was a major pain moment indeed man but you know i i end up going to what they call sick bay and going there so then they they cut a little v um at the ankle to you know drain out the blood and all this other stuff and it took a while to get down strap my stuff up i was on motrin 800 um oxycodone and a whole bunch of other stuff well, so let, me, let me ask you a question um <clears throat> Can you wrap up in 10 seconds? I got so many questions for you about your books and your program and stuff. Can you wrap up real quick? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, what happened was I end up, I still had now five days before graduation. You couldn't miss three days. The other um, days were administrative days. So it didn't really matter. We had the final test. I could sit there and take the test. Right. And we did wrap up. So I literally hobbled across stage, right, to graduate. And because I took so long, they had to re-break my ankle again to be able to kind of set it. <laughs> so wow twice that on accident crazy. once on purpose <laughs> that is crazy so um my it says my internet's unstable i, I hope i'm not unstable but here's what here's what we're gonna do in the last uh 10 minutes number one i know that there's some very important people in your life and you bring them out on stage and i don't want any chance of that not happening in the show <clears throat> so you know my son and my family are very important to me you have a very special daughter and you have a wonderful wife. And this is a time when we talk about gratitude. This is only be the end of the show, but I want to now. So you want to give a little. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, believe it or not. So I don't know if you can see this here. So you see that little box right there. Yeah, so, I see it. So it's it's uh, so the cool thing about this room is that it has an encapsulated room. So they're both asleep in that room right now. <laughs> I can't so they'll, they'll have to hear the recording of I don't yeah. know. Give 
an opportunity. But when I'm on shows, I don't hear people say, we want to give a shout out to who's the most important. You know, I, I say, say it and say their name. Right. So Miracle, my, my, my four-year-old daughter, that's a whole lot of show by itself. And my wife, Anna, who I love dearly, we go everywhere. We do everything together. Uh, we're here at the Nickelodeon Resort for the next couple of weeks um, for her. Right. For her. Right. So, you know, there's there's. <laughs> so <laughs> that's my excuse. Right. So it's all for her. Right? It's all for her. Right. Um, but it, 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 it's beautiful to be able to live life and enjoy it with them. I, I'm so grateful, talking about gratitude, to COVID because COVID gives us the ability to be more flexible and do things that we wouldn't have been able to do before. So I get to travel with them. I only work and two things are what I need in life right now, Wi-Fi and Wi-Fi. As long as I get those two, I'm, I'm good anywhere I'm at. That's beautiful. Well, um, you and I were at Junior's Restaurant in, um, in <laughs> City, and we both got to share that story of what a miracle your miracle is and what a miracle my son is. So Absolutely. I want to make sure we include that because that's, that's actually, uh, that's what we'll talk about in the second show. When we have a show later this year, we'll bring hmm. in the miracle. All right. And maybe you'll even have, Absolutely, have brother. Let's maybe do it. I'll, maybe I'll have my son there and we can talk about miracles, right? There you go. That? She so, loves nothing better than being in the spotlight. I can tell. I can tell. So you've written some books. Uh, first of all, um, what are they? Number two, how'd they change your life? Because, you know, as a publisher, I always like to have my audience hear that it's like having a child. You don't have a child. You're not a daddy. You have right. a child. All of a sudden, ba-boom, you are a different person. So that, and then uh, t- take some liberty to share the nuggets out of each. And uh, obviously, you can get them at your website. So go ahead and. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I have, so I wrote four of them personally. I wrote about 15. The rest of them are like other anthology series, but four specifically that I did. I got two of them here, right? So we have the philosophy of success, and then we have passion 365. So philosophy of success is, is really understanding in order to become successful. This was the book I wrote after, you know, generating my first seven figures, understanding that it wasn't more of the actions. It was all up here. So this is basically how to take simple disciplines and turn it into massive success. Right. Starting first with what goes on upstairs. One of the greatest nuggets from here is all about what we're talking about today. Leadership. Right. The purpose of leadership or a ship is to take you places. And if your leadership is not taking you places, it might be time to abandon ship and, and, and find you know another leader or another vessel to take you to places you need to go. The second um, this one's near and dear to me, which, by the way, to see my, my wife, which was so sexy back then. She still is now, but this is when we're both young. Right. Crazy, but this was um, really the result of being married for the first time that didn't work out. All the all the things um, that happened at, at a real bad divorce, I ended up um, being homeless as a result of that. Writing this book, one of the things I said to myself for both my wife and I was to prioritize our growth, and that is our mental, spiritual, physical, emotional growth. So we attended, um, we read over 345 relationship books together, and we have attended four relationship retreats um, a year, so once a quarter for 10 years straight. And, you know, I was building a business, and a lot of the, my wife and I were like the top, uh, top, 3% of the sales folks that was there. So we were one of the most popular couples, but everyone was saying like, oh, Bob, you should write a book about all this stuff that you do and teach or relationship and how you guys are happy. So I didn't even, they forced this one out of me. So obviously I had a lot to say, a lot more than this one, right, about relationships. Um, The the greatest takeaway from this is understanding um, what really drives a relationship and that's communication. So the three things that will drive them apart is either communication, sex, and money. 
And when you're able to communicate those three things together, you can hold any relationship together. Impactful. The fourth uh, fourth book, which I'm releasing this June, is This Is Why Christians Are Broke. So we, it, I'm, I'm very strong in my faith in my community, uh, as you know. But there's too many uh, people of all faiths. There's one God, hundreds of religions. We're all fighting over um, whose religion is right. But it's not nothing about that. It's about building the kingdom, which is what Jesus came to preach. And then the the third book, which is my favorite that's became um, really the, the core of all my businesses was today's the day. The things that you could do today, now, right? The, the, the future is made of moments of now from now. The past is made of moments of now from what happened. And if we're able to capture the essence of the day, that shares the steps and the things that we can do emotionally, physically, psychologically to really get it. There it is, right? To get you in the space and place you really need to be in life to become the best version of yourself. Awesome. Hey, what is this? How, how do you receive this? Uh, is to have a great marriage or a great partnership, you have to be a great partner or a great spouse. How do, how do, how do you receive that? Well, it is. So, yes, but number one, most people go into relationships for looking for love. Oh, my goodness, Michelle, there's a positive distraction right there. Um, <laughs> so, most people go into relationships looking for love. When the truth is you're supposed to love yourself, you're supposed to be single-minded in your love. When you love you enough, it's being about able to share that love with someone else, not necessarily going looking for it. So in my first relationship, it was, it was, I went in looking for love and obviously couldn't find it because I didn't have the love for myself. I mean, it's, 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 Jesus, when, when, when he told the, the person, the, the Pharisee who questioned them that asked, like, what's the most important rule? He said, love the Lord, thy God with all thy heart and all thy might. And, and the second piece to the question was, he said, love your neighbors as you love yourself. So exactly. you're, you're supposed to love you first and then anyone else. Uh, so when it comes to like being that perfect partner, then it's really communication. It boils down to how effectively are you communicating your love to your partner and the rest of the world? Because if I love you and you don't love me, I don't lose nothing because I love me first. I would, I would add, uh, I agree with everything you said. I would just add that you need to be committed to being unconditional. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that changes the dynamic of scoring and keeping score. It does. And, and, and scoring is a very dangerous game. Because it, it, it adds an element of judgment. And you just touched on a whole can of worms, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I and it's it's uh, the difference of whether you're attached to a great marriage or you're committed to a great marriage. Exactly. And, and it's that commitment. Attachment that, looks like scoring. It, it does. Looks like unconditional. Yeah. Am yeah. I preaching? No, you, you're not preaching. You're bringing the whole sermon on top. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to do some rapid. <laughs> so we have this delicious of our show, which I love the most. It's the rapid fire part. It's that we're, we didn't have time to ask all these questions, go deep dive. So we're going to go surface, quick question, quick answer. And I'm going to ask as many as I can so the audience gets to know you better. You ready? Awesome. Yep. Let's go. Why, why are bald, why are bald people so great? Just, just like one sentence answer. Why are bald people so great? Yeah, it's really easy. Less here to pay attention to stupidity. <laughs> what book changed your life? My my wife, a good wife. She just brought the third book, by the way. Anyway, oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, shoot away. I'm sorry. What book? What book changed your life? The Bible, uh, more than anything else. There's 66 books on how to really make it in life, broken down into two sections: what worked before and what will work in the future. Quick, uh, what is a business book you recommend? 
business book I recommend, The War of Art. Not The Art of War, The War of Art. I know. That's a great one, isn't it? Uh, it what, is. What, movie, what are two movies that inspire you? Well, first, Gone with the Wind. That's crazy. And um, Sound of Music. Who is your hero? My dad. And I think he's. Who is someone you want to meet you have? Someone I want to meet I haven't met yet uh, and spend time with Oprah Winfrey. What you'd like to meet? Mm -hmm. Solid. Um, What's a quote you live by? Life, Life is full of bends, twists, and turns but you must pursue through them all. Short answer, what is your biggest challenge? My biggest challenge is getting over self. And uh, what is the biggest accomplishment you want to have this year? This year, my greatest accomplishment is having 3,000 folks join our Millie Club membership so I can influence their lives. When's your next event? Our next event is March 9th to the 12th in Orlando, Florida. It's the Outcomes and Breakthrough Mastermind. And we'll put a link to that. Um, what's a question I did not ask that you'd like to have asked me ask? What's my favorite color and how sexy I am? It's blue and I'm the sexiest man on the planet. According to my wife, that's why she married me. <laughs> that, that is awesome. So, Obam, what a, what a treasure you are. And, you know, you have proven that someone that goes through adversity has their legs taken out from under them physically and otherwise. Mm. <laughs> that when you actually um, commit to learning and wanting a life you love, that you can create anything you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I would love to talk to you later. I have a couple of visions based on the show that I'd like to share with you uh, later. Okay, absolutely. That will actually kind of prompt what I think is going to be a beautiful second show. I don't bring people on the show more than once for a simple reason. I only have 50 shows a year, but mm. I, I'm making a, a, a super nice and big and smart uh, decision to have. <laughs> thank so, you for honoring me, brother. I appreciate you. We'll talk later. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Please share this show to people that need to be inspired. Uh, I think there's so many examples of what Dr. Obama is sharing that you can get through anything. And I highly encourage you not to disconnect and follow him, but attend one of his events and have your life transformed. We are sponsored by Perfect Publishing, the Key Smiling Movement, Amplifluence, and of course, Underdog. Million thank you, sir. So I love it. I love it. This is Ken Roshan of Voice America. If you know someone who is inspiring and deserves to have their opportunity to be in Dr. Obama's book, as well as 300 at this point, other amazing, inspiring leaders, please connect with us and let us know so we can not only amplify you, but inspire others to be amplified. Have a great week and happy Mountain Luther King Day. Bye, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.